Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for being here. We're going to talk about the vision of Freedom Ministries today. Um, I talked to y'all a little bit last Thursday after prayer. And... Um, one thing that the Lord has taught me that there's churches everywhere, but not every church has a vision. Um, but every God-ordained ministry will have a vision, every one of them, because God has a purpose and a plan for that particular ministry. And it does not mean that any one vision is better than any other. It just means that's what God's purpose for that group is. Um, Y'all, most of y'all know Pastor Benny Hinn, right? Well, you could um, tell me what is the vision of his ministry, and that would be healing. Everyone knows that's what his ministry does, is healing. Um, Kenneth Copeland, his is faith. It's, you know, walking in faith. It's standing on the word. Kenneth Hagin was faith. You know, that's the vision of their ministry. And the vision of Freedom Ministries is to learn how to live in 100% victory, 100% of the time, over 100% of the enemies in your life. And you can do it. You can do it. I'm living proof that you can do it. I told y'all whenever I first, well, this morning when we first started, that when I came here to this church, I was 30, um, maybe 4, 35, something like that. Messed up self-righteous, full of fear, divorced, remarried, you know, on the verge of divorce again. Life wasn't perfect, but I have been in church since, I mean, my grandparents took me when I was an infant before my parents got saved, and then my daddy got saved and surrendered to preaching, so I was on the pew three or four times a week, every week, <laughs> for my entire life. But I was still messed up. I was still tore up by the devil. Still had problems and issues. So just going to church does not fix things. We have to get where God has placed us to be and allow him to start working in my life and start showing me some things in me that may not be so fun to look at. Okay. Now, I, I stated the, the vision. It's 100% victory 100% of the time over 100% of the devils. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. That's in the Old Testament, close, close to the end of the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. In verse 1, he's talking about being watchmen, standing on the wall to watch and see what's happening. And that's what, we have a lot of watchmen here who stand on the wall and watch out for your soul. Y'all ready? Y'all got there? Okay, Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Then the Lord said, answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So he wants us to make our vision plain so that everyone who hears it can grab it and pull it into their life and run with it. That's what he's, that's what he's asking for us. Proverbs 29, and we're going to turn to all of these because this is still school. And we got to look at the Word. Y'all know that there's a group of people in the Bible that Paul talked about, and the name of them was Bereans. 
and he said that the Bereans were really great people, and they grabbed everything from God because they didn't just take for granted what he said. They searched the scripture for themselves, make sure everything is lined up. So that's why I want y'all to see this in the Word, okay? Uh-oh. Electronics. Okay, Proverbs 29 and verse 18. The King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. This I'm reading out of is New King James, and it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. So to me, that's saying, if there's no vision, you're just out there. Anything can happen. But, but if there's a vision, and you grab a hold of that vision, and you, and you abide by that vision, life's going to change. And life is going to be what you always thought it should be. Amen? So without vision, anything can happen to us, and it's not good. It's just not good. Okay. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to start with the beginning of this vision. Um, we're going to look at Moses. Mm, we'll start with... Now let's go to chapter 23. Let's start with chapter 23. We'll go back and look at some stuff. We'll start with verse 30. Or I may just tell y'all. In chapter 3, this is where Moses is on the, he's in the desert, and he's walking, and he sees the burning bush. And he turns, and he goes toward that burning bush, and God starts speaking to him. God starts telling him, you know, that I've heard the cry of my people, and um, I need you to deliver them. And Moses starts going, yabba, yabba, dabba, 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 that's what he did. Me? What? What? I can't do this. What? So, right there, he said, I've heard the cry of my people. They've been in bondage for all these years in Egypt. They've been in bondage. How many of us have been in bondage? Egypt has us bound by all kinds of things. But Jesus Christ has heard our cry, and he sent a deliverer, <laughs> and his name was Jesus Christ. <laughs> So our father heard the cry, and Jesus came so that he could deliver us out of our bondages. Okay, now verse, chapter 23, let's look at verse 30. He's tell, he just told them, I'm going to take you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. You know, this is going to be a good place for you. And he says in verse 30, he says, little by little, I will drive these ites out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land and I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea Philistia and from the desert to the river for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them and shall drive them out before you he says don't make a covenant with those gods don't make a covenant with them when we come in to agreement with the enemy and we come, we make covenant with him. And he says, don't do that. Don't make covenant with the enemy because he's going to destroy you. But the enemy is real tricky. And he makes us think that this is okay. It's no problem. Okay. All right. Well, let's go back. Sorry, y'all. Let's go back to. Because I want y'all to understand, you know, what he's saying here. Let's look in, let's start in seven. Moses is, what? Moses has um, just looked at the burning bush. Okay, that's where he's at. And the Lord is speaking to him. And in verse 7, he says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. 
for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites. There's a lot of ites in this land. Y'all know that these ites, all of those ites were literal giants. They were, it was, this is not a figure of speech when he says there was giants in the land. They were literal giants. And y'all remember the story. Um, Moses sent out some spies to go spy the, the land that's flowing with milk and honey. And ten of them come back and said, we're grasshoppers in their sight. That's because they really were grasshoppers in their sight because these people were giants. Okay? Now, how does this how does this have anything to do with us today? Well, I am the land that he's talking about, flowing with milk and honey. I've been in bondage. But this right here, the promised land flowing with milk and honey is me saved. It's my life saved and then my sphere of activity. Egypt, it just represents bondage and him bringing us out of being lost and undone without Christ and bringing us into salvation, okay? Now, what are these ites? Y'all got any idea what these ites are? Adam? Jealousy ite? Kobe? Strife ite? Bitterness ite? Woo, self-righteousness ite? Lust ite? Addiction We don't want to be aight. I ain't aight no more. I used to be full aights. <laughs> Might still have one or two, but God's going to show me those. Just like he showed me the other ones. Self-aight. Oh my goodness, self-aight I think is the biggest one, actually. But all of these things that we grow up thinking it's just me. Mm-mm. That's aight. That's an ite in our land. But God said, little by little, I'm going to drive those things out of your land. He is going to drive those things out. He's going to deliver them into my hand, but I have to drive them out. He guaranteed us victory right there. <laughs> I'm excited. I am a, I'm a product of this vision. I used to be full of fear. I, I, I was afraid of man. It made me sick if I had to talk to people. I could not do it. I took a zero in high school because I was not standing up in front of my friends and giving an oral report. Mm-hmm. Zero. Because me was more important than you and the whooping I was going to get, you know. I had an ite of self-righteousness, I had, um, oh my goodness, I had, there was a lot of ites in here, I was jealous, I had a lot of anger and bitterness in me, um, I had a lot of unforgiveness, that's a huge ite, and, and unforgiveness, from what I have seen in my life, unforgiveness is the one that holds all those ites in, So, because I, I have to forgive, no matter what they did, no matter how wrong they were, I have to forgive it. So unforgiveness was a huge ite. I, I think he's, unforgiveness is that underground tunnel that pulls all those roots together, you know, and binds them all up. Okay. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. He's going to deliver us from these ites. Now, when you go back to Exodus 3, he says, I heard the cry of my people. So we have to cry out. We have to get to a place where we can cry out and say, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong here. If there's constant destruction in my life, if there's, just con if there's drama everywhere. Do y'all know that drama ain't God? Drama is straight from hell. We're not supposed to live in that mess. And if we look for it, 
there's a night in here. If it just finds me everywhere I go, there's an night in here. That's the truth of the matter. And a lot of people, and I'm going to say that because I was a lot of people. <laughs> I told someone one time, I feel like I'm schizophrenic because I think one way and I act another way. You know, it's like there's so much going on in us and we can't have any rest and there's just chaos inside my head. We're not supposed, that's not God. That's not God for me. If, if I get a new car, new to me, you know, it doesn't have to be brand spanking new. I'm just talking about new to me. It's, it's in good shape, you know. And within six months, that thing is a rattle trap. There's a night. It's destruction. Ungratefulness. There's, you know, those are the ites that we're dealing with. But God told us that we can live in 100% victory over every single one of those ites. And he said in this word right here that he was going to deliver the inhabitants of this land, those strongholds, those things that are living in my land that are causing me to be offended all the time, that are causing me to be jealous all the time, that are causing people to betray me all the time, that are causing me to betray someone. Those are ites. Those are inhabitants right here because of things the devil has done to me. And he acts like he's causing me to have a good time. And he is destroying my life. He's destroying me. And we just have to get to a place where we can see that. Are y'all hot? I am burning up. Are y'all hot? Y'all, well, that's fine. <laughs> leave, it, leave it like it is. Because if, if it, it could just be, you know, because of where I'm standing. Because that happens. Thank you, Jesus. The fire of God will come up on us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your fire. Thank you for your fire. He says in 2330, little by little, I'm going to deliver these things to you into your hand. Into your hand. Sometimes we need someone to come alongside us and help us see these things. But they come out. Um, Pastor Dana, she says, I heard her one time. We were, we were ministering to someone. We were praying for them. And, and um, all of a sudden, they, the revelation came you know, to them what their problem was. And she said, yay! And this person looked at her like, you know, What? And she said, that's just the devil. That can come out. You know, it was like, yes. So it's, it, you know, we got to start looking at these things that although they are giants, they are not stronger than me. Because he who is greater lives on the inside of me. And he's the one that's helping push these things to the surface so that we can get delivered of them. We could not handle it if it was all at once. And he says that. He said if, if, if he just let us, if he got us delivered like bam, just like that, we would be so full of pride thinking that we all that and something. One mm -hmm. of the things that helped me is it didn't happen to me all at once. Yes. The things that made me have them ites. Yeah. The, the things that happened in my childhood didn't, or in past relationships didn't happen all at once. So how do I think it's coming out all at once? But religion will tell you that when you give your heart to God, you're, you, all that yeah. all that come out of you. No, because our minds aren't renewed. Yes. So everything we yet, so everything we went through is still in our minds, and we have to get delivered. Amen. Of those things. Amen. Because we always talk about here how my spirit gets saved. My spirit man got saved. My spirit man come alive to God. But my mind still messed up. And my body still messed up. <laughs> so I got to renew this mind. And then in the end, my body will be glorified. Hallelujah. So we're going to be 100% whole when we get there. Okay, so y'all... Y'all have an understanding of what an ite is. Um, there's a judgmental ite. Um, there's a hoeing ite. Come on. We don't wear no mask around here. 
Dr. Cirilla taught us from the beginning, take the mask off. You got to be real. If you want God to do anything in you, you got to be real. He can't, I was, I was ministering to somebody just the other day and they're him hawing and him hawing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Look, you just got to say what you got to say. I can't help you if you don't deal with the thing. And there ain't no dirty laundry you got that I didn't have. You know what I'm saying? We, we all come from the same thing. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh-oh. He said if your dirty laundry is socks and mine is T-shirts, they still got to go in the water. And it's still dirty. You know, and if... <laughs> yeah, and this right here is bounce in the dryer so we can bounce back. And, and, you know, we all have to just... If I don't want my dirty laundry out there, that is an ite, and it's called pride. We have to humble ourselves and be like, okay, God, I just really don't care what happens. Just get me free because I don't want to continue this cycle. Y'all know the children of Israel, Moses did what God told him to do, and he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. But they wandered around that wilderness for 40 years, and it was an 11-day trip. 40 years. Some of them... God opened the ground, and 3,000 of them disappeared, you know. I mean, he just, because they were stiff-necked, and they were proud, and they wanted to go back to what was familiar. So, let that sink in. Sometimes, people say that the Christian life is hard. No, it's not. It's not hard. But me surrendering my whole entire life, that's where the hard thing comes in. Because once I've surrendered it to him, there is no more war. So the only, only time it's hard is when I'm trying to go through that dying process. And I'm trying to give my life to him. Because you know, he requires 100% of your soul. Doesn't mean you want, you're going to go to hell. I don't mean that. But it means that um, I'm not going to have everything. I'm not going to have that land flowing with milk and honey. If I don't give him everything. Okay, so we see what an idea is. Now, let's go to Jeremiah 1.10. These are some foundational scriptures for, for this ministry. It says, See, I have this day set you over the nations... And over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. How many of y'all like to throw down? Come on, I see the hands. Well, the best place to throw down is in the spirit realm. Because you can really do some damage then. When I throw down in the natural, I hurt myself. But when I throw down in the spirit, I tear the devil up. And see, whenever we learn how, and, and don't take that like I can't do anything until I get free, because that's not what I mean. But when we learn how to pull these ites out of our own life, then we start being able to pull them out of other people. And we can see when something is happening in them, and we're like, oh God, what is that? You'll start feeling in your, in your, in your knower down here, in your spirit, this is where the Holy Ghost lives. Right here. And you start feeling that something's not right. You know, there's... Well, you start seeing, um, that's control. And I ain't going to be controlled. You know? So we have to learn how to get in prayer and pull that control off of my son or my husband or my wife or my, you know, so, and, and pull that thing down off of them. And then all of a sudden their eyes come open and they have a chance then that they can see what's happening to them and they can get free too. That's the part of learn how to live in victory and then help someone else learn how to live in victory. Okay, so he tells us in Jeremiah that we can throw down in the spirit realm and we can pull down these kingdoms of self. We can pull down these ites in my life and yours. Amen?
And not, not only that, but uh, over the nation. That's exciting to me. Okay, let's go over to Joshua. One. Um, let's start with 13. Moses has passed away. And I told y'all that they wandered through that wilderness for 40 years because they were stiff-necked, rebellious people. God done delivered them out of Egypt, and they wanted to go back because they missed onions. Yeah, they missed onions. I mean, when they're in the, when they're in the wilderness, God fed them manna. That tasted like honey, you know? But, and, the, and then they got tired of that, so he, they wanted some meat, so he sent them quails until quail was coming out their ears, and they're like, we just want some onions and leeks. So, it, so what I take from that is sometimes I, I, I get a little um, gripey, and I'm not real satisfied when God's trying to bring me into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I get a little agitated and irritated, and I want things the way that used to be, although I cried to get out of that. Sometimes we, we have a tendency to want what's familiar because it takes faith to step into something that I've never experienced before, which is freedom. Hallelujah. So Moses has died, and Joshua is the one that is taking the children into the promised land. And he says in verse 13, God has been speaking to him, and he says, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. So some of these people have already fought this fight. God has given them their land. And in verse 14, he says, Your wives and your little ones and your livestock shall remain in this land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, but you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he has given you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. And that's where we come into the picture with some new people. People that we're bringing in. God has given us some of our land. He's given us some rest. You know, we've, we've overcome and we've driven out some of these ites. God is, has changed my life. My prayers are being answered. And, and, I, and, and I'm reaching out to someone else who God is bringing out of Egypt. He's trying to bring them into their land. And I'm supposed to go over with my weapons armed and fight for you until you can come out. But the thing is, you can come out. You can come out. We can all come out. He doesn't do one thing for somebody and refuse to do it for someone else. The word says he's not a respecter of persons. If I did it for one, I'll do it for another. And he doesn't give us examples in the Old Testament if he's not going to fulfill them in our life. He's a good God. He's a real good God. And all these ites are what keeps me from seeing that. Amen. So, let's continue to read. Where did we lead off? 14. Did we read 14? Okay. 15. Until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered, Joshua saying, All that you command us, we will do. And whatever you send us, we will go. Just as we headed, heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Why the world would I read all that? <laughs> well, when God gives a vision to a leader, he doesn't give everyone the vision. He gave Moses the vision, right? 
And Moses had a few that hooked up with him in that vision. And Numbers, we'll read it later on, Numbers talks about how Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit on them. They had the spirit of that vision on them. So God gave Moses the vision. Moses was the leader of the vision. And others come in and they hook up with that vision. And then God starts using all of them. Well, there was all these rebellious folks and they had to die. They had to die. But Joshua, and and just for information, everyone over 20 years old died. Only the young ones went in. So, and Josh and Caleb, they were probably 80-something. So what I'm reading that for is that if you will hook up with the vision, then the spirit of that vision is going to come up on you. And that vision, you're going to start living that vision. That vision will be a part of you. And you'll start, all of a sudden, you'll just be going your merry way because you've been spending time with Jesus. And you're just going your merry way. And all of a sudden, bam, he's going to reveal a night. And you can deal with that night right then, right there. And, and he wants us to do that so that we can then bring other people out of bondage and show them how they can get set free of rebellion. That was a big, huge one in me, too. It was, whoo. I mean, I literally felt that one when it came out of me. Literally. Um, can I just tell that? We were at a Kim Clement um, meeting. If y'all, he, he was a prophet of God, died a few years ago. But we were at one of his meetings, and they had speakers that were like, you know, six feet tall and six feet wide. And I sat right in front of them because I like it loud. And you could feel it, you know. And anyway, we're in that. It was the strongest presence of God. I mean, every hair on your head, your neck was standing up. It was a tangible presence of God. And all of a sudden, this a, a literal pain <clears throat> gripped me, and I thought, what the world? And I sat down and I said, God, what in the world could be trying to attack me in this presence? And he spoke to me as plain as day. And he said, it's not something trying to come in. It's something trying to come out. And I was like, what the world could I have? I'm a good girl, you know. So, Pastor Dana didn't have a clue because this was before we came to freedom. And she's sitting on the edge of her seat and she's screaming to the top of her lungs. Ah, you know, you can't hear her because that music is so loud. And I'm going, literally, y'all, literally, in the middle of a church. And all of a sudden, and I don't know how long it took, it felt like a while. I literally thought it was a heart attack. It was physical pain and all of a sudden it was like (laughs) that thing came out of me I didn't have a clue what it was not a clue but when I opened my eyes there was a man going (laughs) he was looking at me going (laughs) I'm like run it was a devil (laughs) but later on see I didn't have a clue what that was But it wasn't probably six months I came to Freedom Ministries. And the Lord revealed to me that it was rebellion. And even though that rebellion, I mean, that was a big thing, came out of me, I still had to overcome it. And I had a hard time. I still had a hard time overcoming that thing. Because that's when we want to go back into what's familiar. You know, but I have to, no, 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 that's not God. And I have to go with what God is saying. And that is where it takes effort on my part. That is where I have to drive out the inhabitant that he delivered into my hand. That's the part that sometimes we don't really want to do. But I just say to you, hang on. (laughs) Just hang on. Keep coming, even if you go back and yield to the thing again. Just keep coming and crying out to God because you will get the strength and the courage to press that thing on out of you. 
and you will see your life change. Ma'am? Amen. Um, the tribulations produce perseverance. That's what the Bible tells us. So if you fall down, I know like in my life, there was a lot of times I had a stronghold and I would fall down, but I didn't give up. I get up and keep running towards God. And one day, my strength, he used that to build my strength up so I could persevere over it. And we think, God, don't you see me? You know, don't you see this, what I'm going through? Yes, I do. And I'm using what the enemy meant for evil for your good. That is a truth right there that we, you know, um, once, I don't know where the scripture is, but it says that we um, have to use our senses by reason of exercise, you know, by reason of use, we grow our senses. And it's the same thing. By reason of exercise, I grow my strength in him. And so we just keep, just keep on, just keep on coming, just keep on crying out to God. I promise you that thing will break and you will start seeing it. My, my core was fear. And when that fear broke out of me, before it broke out of me, while it was only inside of me, I really didn't have any control over it. I could try, you know, to not be, I could try. But I, it was just in me. And it overcame me. That's the thing with the enemy. A lot of times we think that it's just once, you know, Okay, it's just twice. I don't do this very often. You know, I'm not, I don't have a problem. And the next thing you know, that thing takes over me. And, and that's, that's hell trying to come out of that. But that fear, when that fear, once it came out of me, then fear came. Fear came back to me. But it was from the outside then. And it's like I recognized, okay, that's fear. And you ain't coming back in here. I still felt fear. I still felt it. But I had to push against it. Because it was coming from outside in. Not inside out. And uh, it wasn't probably three months after I got delivered from that spirit of fear. Pastor Eileen called me and asked me to preach one Wednesday night. At three o'clock in the afternoon. Preach tonight. I said, <coughs> no, ma'am, I'm sick. I wasn't coming to church tonight. Okay, sweetie, I hope you feel better. Click. And Biggin, who didn't even go to church, said, I thought y'all called yourself an army. And, I, and you talk about an ite. Whoo! I had an ite rose up in me, you heathen, and you going to tell me I'm serving God, and he going to use somebody who don't. That's all I'm going to say. Mm, no. <laughs> he ain't got no Facebook. <laughs> he said, if you're an army, when the general calls, the private goes, even if it means his life. Oh. <sighs> And I, I knew that was God, you know. So I picked up the phone. <laughs> Pastor, she said, yes, ma'am. I said, have you got anybody to preach tonight? She said, no, I'm just waiting on you to obey God. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I, I threw up. I, you know, I mean, fear, fear tried its best to get back in. And if I had... Stayed home and was <coughs> sick, it would have entered back in. And then it would have been seven times worse than it was before. But thank you, Jesus, that he delivered me from that thing and he gave me the strength to stand. And he spoke through my heathen husband. <sighs> and I recognized it. And I yielded to that. And I come on up here and I... I preached five minutes. I mean, totally, five minutes. And I think I repeated everything three or four times. But I did it. I did it. And that's what we have to do. We have to, in the face of that thing, that I, that just came out of me, do it anyway. 
what God is saying do. But he gives us the strength, he gives us the courage, and he gives us people to come alongside us and hook up with us who have already come through some stuff, and they're saying, come on, you can do this. You can do it. God wants to use you. He wants to change your life. He wants to bring you into that land that is flowing with milk and honey. He wants to bring you into that abundant life where there is plenty of his presence. That's what he wants to bring us into. And we got to get these ites out so that we can come into that. And he has people here that can help us do it. Thank you, Jesus. Because the enemy does not want you to fulfill your purpose. And that's the whole thing. He wants to stop you from what you and God talked about when you lived in heaven and you agreed to do when you came here. And then we come into this sinful nature and we have amnesia and we don't know what God said to us or what we said to God. But there's a mark on our head and there's a book written in heaven that's got every thing about me in it the plan of God he's got the plan of God and I just want to tell you that the bigger the purpose the harder the fight that's the truth the harder the fight we all have fights and some are rough but they are so worth coming out of that thing because the purpose of God can be fulfilled in our life And those people that only I am going to touch, only I am going to reach, can be reached then. And that's the whole reason for stopping us. That's the whole reason the devil is really afraid that you're going to find out who you are. He's terrified that you're going to come against him. And you're going to throw down with him. And throw down for some souls. That's what he's afraid of. Amen. Okay, if it's okay with y'all, we can pick this up. Or do y'all have any questions? Let's do questions. Okay, hang on for a microphone. Um, I just felt... It's good. Okay. I just felt my spirit um, to encourage... Uh, somebody, I don't know if they're in here, if they're going to be online, but just to encourage somebody that when those things are inside, those ites are inside, you're going to know it's inside because somebody's going to say or do something or God's going to ask you to do something or bring something to your attention, and it's going to make you feel yucky. Uh-huh. It's, it might make you, it's going to make you mad or... or Bingo. You know, it's gonna, you're not going to feel good about it, and usually that's an, that's an ite, and I just mm-hmm. want to encourage... To, to, um, to let God work on you in that, you know? Because yeah. if you feel yucky, that's what that is, and that's God trying to yeah. take it out of you. So don't, yeah. and we all have them, you know? Yeah, Everybody we all do. That, so. I, one, of the, one of the most important things I believe that I learned coming to freedom was that if I have a problem with what you did, no matter how wrong what you did was, I have a problem. I cannot fix you. I can only fix me. And so I have to let, you know, that song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. That become my, that become my anthem. <laughs> because, you know, if he's right, if, if something happens and all of a sudden you're angry or you're hurt or, you know, whatever that feeling is that's not God, there's an ite there. And Pastor Dana is really the only one that goes, yay, it's a night. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, hello. Okay. Uh, when Adam said that, it made me think about, um, I said this to Apostle, I believe, last night or sometime, but when Jesus was on the way to the cross, he's only a few steps from his last moment, um, he spoke and said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. Even in his pain from being whipped, even in everything he went through, there was no of the enemy in him. So he had pure love. And so when we feel those pricks, yeah. we know that that's the in it. We get that out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, 
Hello? Hi. Okay. I noticed uh, within me that um, there's a saying, be offended till you're offended no more. And I learned that when I got offended, that was something in me that God was trying to work, Mm -hmm. show me, show me myself, you know? And um, so it's it's good when God does that for me, Um, when he shows me myself, you know? But I know that when I get offended... I'm not offended at that other person. I'm a, some, it's something in me, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I just needed to say that. Yeah. And, that, well, that, that is what, that's what it's all about is, is so when the enemy comes because he is coming, he will find nothing in me. And I know people think, well, I'm not Jesus. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. He lives on the inside of you. And so we can get to the place where when the enemy comes, he won't find anything in me. We can get there. And that's what we are striving to do. You know, the, the word says that from glory to glory, he changes us into the image of God. And glory is wonderful and we love it. And it's, it's all the things that we think it is. But sometimes it's, you know, I want to poke that right there. Because I want that out of you. Because I want you to be my image. And so we use that, get in the presence of God, fall on the altar. You don't feel no goosebumps when that happens. You don't, like Adam said, you feel yuck. It's, you know, and you want out of this. I want out, God, I want out. But if you'll just hang in there and cry out to God, because in Exodus he said, I heard the cry of my people. When I used to teach this, I, this you can't pray like this. You can't pray like that. He says, I heard the cry of my people. I have to voice it. I have to lose that pride and voice, God, I need help. I need you. Go ahead. Um, From what I'm gathering on this class today about the vision here at Freedom Ministries is more or less it's a deliverance ministry. A hundred percent. Okay, so... So I see that um, because I've been in this ministry for a while now, I see that um, in a deliverance ministry because the people who attend the deliverance ministry will go through offenses and will be hurt because it's God bringing that to our attention so we can get it out. And things are going to manifest in the congregation, in people, in their relations with other saints. Um, So I also see that God understands this so this is also a ministry where he confirms his word yeah. and he confirms his prophecies yeah. and he confirms this dream, the dreams and there's miracles and there's yes. um, signs and wonders. Yeah. Because without those things in a deliverance ministry, people are going to be gone. They're yeah. just going to hang oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. You know? And this is a ministry where God confirms himself Amen. and he is established here. And Amen. I see that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know when I came here, I I had so much religion and self-righteousness in me that it was hard for me to stay. I was offended at every hand, you know. And, And I even left the prayer for two solid years. I refused to come to prayer. And I would say, I ain't going back. I ain't going back while I'm getting dressed and driving straight to freedom, you know. Because the presence of God was here and he kept pulling me to his presence, and, 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 he, and, and I'm thinking, Lord, if rebellion hadn't broke out of me, I'd be in hell right now, I guarantee you, because I fought him still so much, you know, but yes, his glory is here, his presence is here, he proves it all the time with signs and wonders, and your deliverance is as big a miracle as an arm growing out, Amen. your salvation is as big a miracle as an eyeball foreman, yeah. the de- it is literally the dead being raised. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, when you said glory to glory, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, perception to perception. Yeah. So from, you start to see better, you start to understand better mm-hmm. as we get those things out, like yeah. the beams in our eyes, everything becomes clearer to us. So we can help others. Yeah. 
So one thing I want to say is don't try to hide. Don't hide your eye. We all got them. And the only way they come out is to deal with them. So just don't hide it. Whenever you start feeling something, come to one of us and say, look, I'm feeling this. And then we can pray. We can get that thing took care of. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what James says. Confess your faults one to another so that you can be healed. And I believe that, that should be added into our, our list of scriptures, you know, because that's what we do. You know, it's not just confessing that I cussed last night. No, confessing what am I feeling right here? Why am I feeling so upset? Why am I so angry? Why am I full of hate? That was a huge eye in me, too. I can just name eights all day long, you know. You guys say something? Huh? You ain't, got, you ain't saying nothing? Yeah, you are. Um, I just see, like, even with my own life, uh, the enemy tried to keep me in solitary with whatever I was dealing with. And the Bible teaches us that um, when we, br- we want to bring that darkness into light, he's afraid of it being exposed. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get healed. And we're, you know, iron sharpens iron. So if we bring it to a brother or a sister, they can help us. We yeah. can put up, we can put up barriers. We yeah. can do whatever we got to do to protect each other. Yeah. You know? yeah. And as you learn, you know, this type of prayer. See, that's why I said Tuesday. I believe an impartation for this vision is going to come upon us. And there's also an impartation for this prayer. And Apostle Angie has release that all over the you know well the world actually and and when, once we learn how to pray like this then there are some things that I can take care of now in my own little prayer palace I can take care of some things that are in me but a lot of things I had to have some help there was it just I just didn't know what to do I didn't know how to do this and and it helps when you have someone who who is seasoned in the prayer to come alongside you and they can see things in the spirit realm and they hear things in the spirit realm and you just deal with that. You just go with that instead of trying to figure it out yourself. Yes, ma'am. Uh, the best way I can describe it is God places an anointing on us um, and through the laying on of hands, he will impart that anointing onto you. That's an impartation. It's, it's like when um, Paul was talking to Timothy and he said, stir up those gifts that were imparted to you by the laying on of hands. And so when we lay our hands on you, that thing that God has put in us comes on you and you start growing in it, you know. And the next thing you know, you're going to be talking and everything coming out of you's vision. Every message you have is vision, you know. That's just the way those things work. And I thank God (laughs) that he works that way, that he did that for us. So I'm going to pray a scary prayer, okay? Father, we thank you for this vision. I thank you for those people that you have brought into this vision that help us, God. And Father, I'm asking you right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to start bringing to the surface the ites that you want to deal with right now, God. And we thank you for it. We, we praise you for the things that you are going to show us because we know that you are delivering that ite into my hands and I will drive that thing out of my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.